Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh, clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Today, we got our bow tech in the house, Mr. Robbie Yates of Marks Outdoors. Robbie, how are you doing? Good, man. I'm, I'm good. It's hard to think about bows right now, though. Yeah, yeah. I know. A little bit of turkey season action going that on. We got, got the ginger bow hunter over here. Wait, he's not the ginger bow. I don't know why I keep saying that. He ain't shot anything with a bow in, in years at this point. A couple. <laughs> hmm, hmm. I just think it went last year. Two, two years ago. Two years ago. What'd you just say? I didn't get one last year. Sorry. I had, that was all one word. That, I know. That was. <laughs> you didn't separate your words. Coors Light. Sorry. I had some of them out. <laughs> um, no. Okay. We'll get past the whole ginger bow hunter thing. You know, we'll, we'll circle back to that later. But no, uh, Robbie, super excited to have you on. We're talking, you know, even though, you know, we always, anytime someone asks about like Mark's doors, I'm like, yeah, dude, you gotta go see, you gotta go see Robbie Yates. You gotta go see Mark Smith. All right. Every time. But, we're not talking bow hunting. We're not talking deer hunting. We're talking turkey hunting on this episode. And I'm excited for this episode because this is something I think we talked about doing this. You and me have kind of talked about doing this. I think it was last year, really. And we just we never got around to doing a turkey episode. But, uh, Robbie, you're a big time turkey hunter. Uh, it's kind of funny. You know, when I go to Mark's Outdoors, um, you're the only one that t- really wants to talk turkey a whole bunch. Like, oh, yeah. it's great detail. You know, I got some other guys in the store, but like when it comes to like turkeys, like, listen, dude, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to kind of get into it, Robbie. First off, how did you get introduced to turkey hunting? Did you first off, did you grow up in like a turkey hunting family or were you just kind of introduced by someone else? How was that like for you? All right, so growing up, obviously we me and my dad, we fished all the time and we we deer hunted <clears throat> and the majority of the deer hunts, we were either in Mississippi or going to my uncle's over in Phoenix City. And <clears throat> Uncle Johnny was a uh, uh he was there at Smith Station. Everybody knew Uncle Johnny and uh, but I remember all these turkey fans in his hunting room and everything and I remember one spring break telling him like he or he asked me he said you want to go turkey hunting i was like absolutely i'll go turkey hunting so i went out there with some there used to be a store in pelham and it was uh it was called the command post it was an army surplus oh, store i remember the command yes. post all right Dude, I love so i go in story. there and i'm like i need some new camo so i got my bdu you know yeah some bl- those black and red rubber boots from walmart you know okay, that have no yeah. insulation yeah and uh but anyway um uh, i remember him uh the first morning getting up, and, man, I was just like, I, I couldn't sleep that night. I was just like, man, I got to see what this turkey hunt's about. And uh, so we went out that morning, and I remember we were not far out of Columbus, Georgia. And uh, we get out of the truck, and, you know, he I, I'm just pumped. He had this, like, oh, I think it was an 80, like an 83 or 84 model Toyota truck. You know, just the typical old-school cool. turkey hunter Single guy. Cab? Single oh, cab? Single yeah. cab. yeah. He had this green ammo uh, army satchel thing that held all of his call he didn't have a vest so but like like an actual mm-hmm. vest it was more of a shirt with some pockets and stuff but he had this little green army bag and it had like calls in it and uh but anyway we get out that morning and we're walking through down this road and he starts hooting and i had never heard that i didn't know what it was and i bust out laughing <laughs> i said what were you doing and you know because i'm nine years old yeah and he says i'm making a hoot out sound and i was like and I couldn't quit laughing. So he was trying to, he's like, okay. And every time he'd do it, I'd bust out laughing. I couldn't quit. And uh, so finally I get a hold of myself and I heard the bird gobble for the first time. And all I, I was just from there on out, it was like game on. And I just, I won't never forget that first morning with that. And uh, I spent a lot of time turkey hunting with him through the years. And um, man, it's just, he, he just, he lit that fire in me. And, um, like I said, I, he, uh, he passed away a few years ago, man. It's, it's, you know, I, I remember calling him for turkey season every year and talking to him, getting a plan together. And, but, uh, man, that, that's what got me in it. And then from there, 
man, it was any time I turned around, I was asking people, knocking on doors, hey, can I turkey hunt? Can I? Mm-hmm. Hey, I noticed you got birds out there, and unless you need some work on that fence, you know, can I? Can I trade you some work for some turkeys and uh something about turkey hunt just grabbed a hold of me and never let go so yeah and one thing that's kind of interesting we, we talked about this previously with you or i've talked to you about this at the store um about you were not afraid at all to knock on doors and you talked about you you, said, you told me about that a long time ago about the whole you know you had property all around birmingham to hunt at times especially like before it really kind of got as developed as now if if i remember correctly was there property you hunted somewhere in hoover that was that's now fairly highly developed oh yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) now for the record it was never a gun uh i did bow hunt it um do i need to go into detail on that it's up to i'll leave it up to you i mean it's all good but it's like it's it's kind of funny because it's like if people go down that highway you'd like where is why would there be turkeys here but it's like anybody familiar with the birmingham area there was a place that on uh, highway 150 called carmax And <laughs> oh no kidding! So I was working. Uh, I was working some nights and weekends at a uh, dealership right next door to there before Carmax was built. And one of the uh, managers there was a big turkey hunter, and we were talking one day, and he he brought up turkey hunting, and I was like, oh, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in the goods with this. We're sitting there talking, and so they were clearing out this property next to Carmax mm-hmm. or, or next to the Toyota place, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so they had all this, they had put a bunch of rye up on this hill. One afternoon, I'm standing out there, and I see these three strutters, and I'm like, good gracious, man, I'd love to be able to hunt that. Well, at that time, the people that had Toyota, I, I said, look, you can hunt with a bow behind here if you want to, but you have, you know, you got to be out at a certain time, because mm-hmm. I get it, you know, you got customers, and here comes some guy with a deer in the parking lot, somebody trying to buy a Tundra. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, so I mentioned, I was like, you know, hey, try to you know, turkey hunt you know and i was like plus with bow would be kind of cool and uh so i man i i did i took advantage of it when i could and so uh the first uh, few turkeys with my bow where i call them my carmax turkeys because that's where it was but um <laughs> yeah it's crazy man through the years I've, I've been blessed man i've had opportunities with knowing people not only through the store just just places that like now are, are big developments that i was able to turkey hunt it's crazy uh-huh. you know and that was early on i'm sure there's probably a lot of people that were still turkey hunting out there too you know without permission but i mean at that time there was just nothing but woods all the way back through there uh you had all the the property there at hoover met and places like that and um so it um but man that used it was crazy i mean you're talking in the early early 2000s man and that's when like it was just nuts man the amount of birds you would see around those areas and then like i said neighborhoods got developed and they got you know shifted here and i think most of them are over by ross bridge now so yeah <laughs> but <laughs> down on old golf course no no that is it's kind of funny though because i remember you telling me that story i was like that's the funniest thing ever but it but it kind of goes back to like your passion for turkey hunting and willing to try to knock on doors and just find different properties all around, especially Birmingham. But, you know, you've hunted, you know, a few different states, um, you know, hunt a bunch of public land, especially in other states as well, which we're going to talk about in this episode a little bit later on. But um, it is kind of fascinating how you were able to kind of cultivate that um, passion without having to go spend a ton of money on getting in a lease or a hunting club or anything like that. Because did you do that at all early on? There was a couple, I had, there was two places that I hunted that was considered a a hunting club. Like there was two different properties, but, um, but it seemed like I was always on the management area. Like, 
when, when my parents built their place in Montevallo, it was just, I mean, I can leave it out of their place on the four-wheeler. And back in those days, you, when you'd ride, and it was okay. But anyway, um, but I hunted growing up. and uh, But some of those places, like I said, were just turkey hot spots. And one thing was funny about that, though, <clears throat> is when they – he told me like, yeah, you can you can you can turkey hunt out there, and um, but he said don't say anything, and I, I'll leave the names out. Yeah. But he said don't say anything to it was the the manager at the place at the time for the used car lot, and uh, <clears throat> I was like okay, and because uh, I guess he I don't know if he approached him or something, but he just for some reason he took a liking to me and was like mm-hmm. yeah you can do this, and I remember it was like <clears throat> towards the end of spring and we were standing out there in the car. He goes you know man I I ain't seen them three toms man in forever like I. He goes, they ain't been coming around. And, I, and I'm sitting there trying to bite. Them. I'm like, yeah, I don't, there's no tellings, you know. And I was like, <laughs> I, 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 it was so hard to be like, well, but you know how it is being turkey. You want to be, oh, yeah. well, probably, you know, but it was funny. But I had, I guess, good, I guess it's out of the hat now, but yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, it was funny, man, because I, remember, I won't never forget that. Man, those birds just, I hadn't seen them. Man, where'd they go? And I'm like, I don't know. Nothing in the local dog got after them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Well, when did you start uh, hunting out of state? Because I think you, you're originally from, or do you have family from Mississippi? Like, what's we're your... originally from Mississippi. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, but moved over here, like I said, when I when my dad was in banking, so we moved over here when I was a young age. So, I, I mean, I still went to school over here, grew up over here, but Mississippi's still home. Um, but I started really going more out of state um, kind of early, gosh, man, more 2000 and t- 2002. 2002 is when I started going more out of state. Started with like um, Kentucky, Illinois, places like that. And then, uh, but man, uh, then I found Georgia. And like Willie Nelson, man, got Georgia on my mind. It's all (laughs) the time, man. It's just, you know. And the, by the way, the hunting there is awful, so nobody goes. <laughs> you just go for the views, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, but uh, but yeah. So since two thousand two, really have been trying to go more out of state and do some stuff. And is that was that both for deer and turkey, or mostly turkey specifically? Um, it actually started off at that time more deer, uh, bow hunting and stuff. Man, I had a run, you know, where I was constantly, um. Like, man, I really wanted to do these, you know, like Western Kentucky and places like that, man. I was like, oh, I got an opportunity and had to uh, actually had to do somebody in that there through, it's kind of a long story, man. That's what I love about this industry and when you're meeting people, it's all about yeah. a fellowship, man. So like people that you meet, you talk to, and the next thing you know, man, you know, like even now, like you know, 20 something years later, they're like family, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, that's what it kind of started off as deer hunting. And then I remember being in Kentucky and I was like, man, I'm. It's like you never saw a field that didn't, well, didn't have 20, 30 birds. And, I mean, strutters everywhere. And I'm like, man, I've got to get it. I've, I've got to figure something out. And, man, I talked to this particular property owner. And he's like, absolutely, man. And he's like, man, I'll take you to another place. I, I got a buddy that probably let you hunt. And next day it was just it was one person after another. Mm-hmm. And then started messing with public land a lot more up there. And, uh, man, I, I tell you, it's just awesome, man. So... <clears throat> Are you particularly drawn to the that mountain scene? Is, is that like kind of your thing? Are you seeking that out in multiple states or? Yeah. So something about, like I, I guess that goes back to uh, being a kid. Like growing up, we we were never beach people. We were always in the mountains. So I've always loved being in the mountains. There's something about those cool mornings, um, the fog on the mountains. Man, the weather's constantly changing. Um, I just the it's it's the scenery it's just everything about the mountains to me just draws me to those things and so 
Yeah, I think with, when it came to turkey hunting, when I started, when I really started hunting in those mountains and stuff, and and it's just it, it changed. Like, I love to turkey hunt. Don't get me wrong, I love doing it in Alabama, Mississippi, but <clears throat> it's to the point now to where like I tell people, man, when I'm when it when my time's to retire or maybe before then, I'm 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 headed that way. That's where I want to go. You know. So let me, let me ask this, because um, we're going to talk about, you know, mountains, uh, because it seems like every time I talk to you about turkeys, it's always mountain hunting, yeah. mountain hunting yeah. birds every single time. And, uh, you know, that's interesting, especially when you're talking about like being originally from Mississippi, living in Alabama, not in a very, not in a mountainous part of Alabama by no means, but that's like a passion of yours now. When did that start? Like, what was your first experience hunting turkeys in like a more mountainous setting? So... Now you talking about like out of state or just was it Alabama or what? What state was it in originally? Um, so there there is a there there is a place in the state that I did go with somebody. Now this was not a public land on there, and um, but it was up in uh, kind of a north north part of Alabama, and there's some pretty pretty large mountains up in there, and I just remember that morning. I'm thinking I'm going to die getting up these hills and stuff like this. But man, we got up there and the birds got. It was just a, I don't know. It just it was different. I, I there I go. I keep talking about like the view of everything, man. And it just I was blown away. Like I don't know how to describe it, man. It's just like there's certain things like people travel over all over the place, and they say, man, I've been everywhere in the world, but this particular spot, this is my favorite place. And you go, why? And they say, I can't describe it. Mm-hmm. But it was just something about being in those mountains. But it it also, it, it made me a better turkey hunter. And the reason I say that is because it, it was very tough at first because you have to, you know, learning, you know, how the terrain's changing and how those birds were. And, you know, it just... It seems to me like too. I was. T- I, we talked about this earlier. Man, when a mountain bird gobbles, it, it's a whole different gobble to me. And I, and that might not be. I mean, scientifically, that might not be correct. It's just for me, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Like to that individual, you know, I tell people, don't worry about what everybody else does. Do what makes you happy. So for me, it's just like, man. But it's something about the way that those those birds when they gobble and it carries through those. Those, those those mountains, it, it puts, I'm getting chills now, man. I'm ready to go. I'm going to leave out in two weeks, man. I can't wait. Yeah, buddy. but um, but yeah. So, but the north, uh, but Georgia, that that's real, man. It's just a, it's just an unbelievable, uh, thing. Um, I think I'm answering that right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just kind of interesting again how that's become more of a passion for you. So you had that first experience in North Alabama, and but it was something about that experience, you know almost like finding some peace in that, that struggle. Cause again, it's a struggle, like physically hunting those areas, but like when you have birds working and just like the, the scenery, the whole nine yards kind of is what put it together for like, dude, I, I, I love this. Oh yeah. And one thing I honestly, man, and it's funny because what I do, I'm a people person. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I love people. I love talking to people. I'll talk to anybody, but man, up there, there's nobody like where I'm hunting. There's, I, I, like I told y'all, I, I bumped into one person. It wasn't hunting. It was coming out and gave him a ride. Um, <clears throat> it, it's just like, man, there's, it's so desolate. There's nothing there. There's no airplanes. I don't hear, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even think I've ever seen or heard an airplane up there. Like it's just, and I'm not saying there's not, I just don't hear them like in death, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could be hunting next to a runway and not know it. Um, but it's just like, man, it's just a different, different terrain. It's a different experience for me. And it's like, it is the most peaceful thing knowing that I'm the only person 
if there are other hunters, I've like I said, I've never bumped into them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, there's just it's just me. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like, you know, I don't know, man. I just I can't describe it. I'm curious about when you first started going to North Georgia and, and hunting the mountains every year. I mean, did you just get your tail whooped? Like, did it take you okay, a while so to start killing some turkeys? I'm all, so what I'm saying here, and I very understand, I'm not trying to sound, um, gosh, what's the word? Arrogant. I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this because it. I feel like it was almost it, they laid in my lap, man. Um, so at that time, you, you had three bird limit. Uh, you could take two birds in one day. Um, <clears throat> first three days, I was done. And, I mean, I was hunting spots. I mean, I'm just blind and just had incredible hunts. And a lot of that has to do with pressure. I, You know, uh-huh. I think people, because there's not anybody up there. And so birds were doing what we want birds to do. And I hit um, about a seven-year straight every year just hammered, hammered. I mean, you go up there for a few days, and it's like, man, I, it got to the point to where the birds in this area, no joke, like I would have an opportunity to double. I don't like that because I like to see if if I if I've got two birds, you know, people say, man, if you can double, why not? Well, to me, that other bird, that's a whole other day, a mm-hmm. whole other experience, and a whole other hunt. Yeah. That's just how I am, and I don't want to be too greedy with that too, because I feel like that this is something that you know the good Lord allows us to do. Like, don't take advantage of it, right? Mm-hmm. But then I go out there the next morning and smoke one. It's like, well, what's the day? You know, so it's just, <laughs> but man, it just, it was, I was hitting places. And what was funny was, is that like every time I went, I was going somewhere new. And I, um, before the whole Onyx thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was looking at like a map of certain places and I was, you know, like Google Maps or something. And I would just start looking at stuff and I go, there's got to be turkeys there. I mean, there's got to be just how that terrain looks. It's got to be. And man, I just go out on a limb, go out there and it, it, uh, and, and actually, and I just felt like it would happen. And um, but then, um, then start some some reality started sinking in because um, I guess it was about wasn't last year, year before last. Man, I had a tough season up there. Man, I mean a really tough season. Uh, weather got me. I mean, it was awful. The weather just stunk. I think I shot. I think I took one uh, one bird. Um, I think there's only been, gosh, I think there's only been two seasons that I haven't taken the allowed, you know, limit. But, man, I'm going to tell you, last year I took a bird, um, took one up there, and it started sleeting and snowing. It was 25-mile-an-hour wind. It was crazy. I was like, where did this weather come from, man? I mean, I was like sitting here. I've never hunted and stuff like that. I mean, I hunt rain or mm-hmm. something. And um, I hunted all day long. And at 530, I got on um, – I got on, uh, there was two gobblers actually down in this bottom and they had some hens with them. And so what I'm finna tell, what I'm finna say, some people will sit there and go, man, that we really didn't have to call to them. But I was at the top of this huge, huge ridge and there's like these drainages going down. And I remember just easing down. There's up there you have like, uh, you have that, what I, I call it rhododendron. You, well, it's, it's, it, you have both rhododendron and Mount Laurel. Okay. So this, uh, this stuff, this rhododendron is like, it's real thick vines. Mm-hmm. like. And <clears throat> so I was like, man, I wish, <laughs> I was I was kind of easing through. And then you'd hit a spot where it'd be just wide open. And so I would have to get on my belly and I'd crawl. And I was using these big white pines up there, these huge, huge white pines, man. And I just started coming down the mountain on them, and uh, I would call, and they'd gobble, but they were just staying down in this spring area. And uh, so finally, the hens kind of took off to the right. They, they, they left, and so those gobblers started walking away. 
And that's when I gobbled. And then when I gobbled, they turned around and started working their way towards me. And they got to about 30 yards, and it was done. And I was like, man, I remember, like, taking that bird going, I, I can't believe that just happened. To come that far down the mountain. Of course, the wind was blowing so hard. Mm-hmm. The noise, what they couldn't hear nothing. And uh, <clears throat> But the past two seasons there has been a little bit slower. Um, and it's not because of turkey. It's been weather-related. There's not a – I hadn't seen a – like population decline or nothing like that uh, and then what's the what's the population like in the mountain i mean is there a lot of turkeys because well, typically when i hear people talk about mountains at least for deer it's low population density like you got to cover some ground to find them so what's funny about that is is like in alabama you, you look at properties and you sit there and go man they got a lot of turkeys because you see 25 or 30 in this field you see 15 or in the mountains you don't see that yeah to me i don't see that <clears throat> What I do is I get in areas, and I'll get that one hot bird that might have a couple of hens or something. Like, I'm not seeing big numbers of turkeys up in the mountains. It's not like I'm, I'm – like, if you're walking and you're busting birds and they're going everywhere, I'm not seeing, mm-hmm. like, big numbers like that, but, um, like, big flocks. I think – honestly, I think, uh, looking back, now that you asked that, I think the biggest flock of turkeys that I have seen where I hunt up there – has been maybe eight or nine birds at once, mm-hmm. but most of the time, I'm you know I'll I'll catch a hen or but most of the time these gobblers man it seems like they're you know very seldom but they've got several hens with them um, yeah. so it's not like it's just p- huge population you know um, but it seems to be okay because every year we seem to do okay there, there's there. enough of them right there is um, yeah but it's it is different though man and it's just like you know, like you're just not seeing them because there's no tellings what I'm not seeing. You know, that's the thing. Cause you're, yeah. you're walking these mountains, man. You're sometimes you're 32, 3,400 foot, I mean, it's all over the place. So there's things that you just never see. Who, so who knows what's there? Um, or don't even hear too in a lot of oh, cases. Yeah. So I mean, in my case for sure. Well, it's like, cause I mean, there'd be some on the backside of one of these big ridges gobbling. And if you're on the opposite side of a huge ridge system, you might not hear him because he might be 300 or 400 feet down below you on the back side of a ridge and you may be 100 foot below off the top of the ridge on the opposite side. So it's like you know that, and you're dealing with a lot of high winds, probably in, in some in some cases. So it can make it extremely tough, which is interesting, specifically with like that mountain hunting. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about something that you mentioned, like before Onyx, you were kind of studying maps and stuff, and you were you said you look at the terrain and you're like, oh yeah, there'll be turkeys there. What about the terrain makes you think there's going to be turkeys in a spot? So what? It was kind of like starting off. What happened was when I went up there to scout and was looking at everything, and then I was taking what I what I scouted, and then I'd look at it on the map, and I'd look at that, and I'd sit there and go, "Okay, this is where I saw sign. Now, why is this? Why was I seeing sign here? I was trying to. Gosh, man, Onyx is great now because it shows yeah. you so much more. But I was taking those two things and kind of studying and going, "Okay, if I'm seeing birds here, this is what the terrain looks like. So I'd start marking that. Well, then I would." Pick, I, I would look at terrain in another area and go, it's similar, so I wonder if there's birds. And so every year when I'd go up, I'd check these spots. And there's always, 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 always a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a light bulb that goes off, and that's water up there in the mountains. And it doesn't. And when I say water, I'm not talking about like ponds. I'm not talking about creeks, natural spring heads. Um, like up in these mountains, you'll be walking all of a sudden, you know, you get into this area and it's like rocks. It looks like somebody just put a bunch of rocks up there and it's just, it's a spring head. And then it flows in between, I guess y'all call them saddles. Mm -hmm. So you got this big notch or whatever. 
the real steep ones, I'm not seeing that. It's where they're kind of more gradual, uh, gradual, like a gradual deal. So those were places that I was seeing it. And then on um, what I call, like I said, I don't use the right terminologies, I know, but what I call an old logging road. So like some people call them ledges and stuff and like what you talk about i've I've heard y'all speak about this like when the train comes down it levels out and it don't have to be very much it might only be a three or four foot area like a bench like a bench but some of these places that i'm seeing where i see the birds are not are not benches i think it's it's actually at one time where they logged in those mountains and they're making these cuts around these big points Mm -hmm. um man that's that's been money but then when you start looking, he's like, okay, there's one there, and there's one there, there's one there. So you, you got to find the sign. But it's almost like old roads that are in the tops of these mountains that that topo doesn't show. That makes sense. Like if you try to, like I, I've looked at it a thousand times, tried to figure out, okay, is this a is this a topo feature or is this an actual man-made like logging road? And it's just that's what it looks like. So it's like somebody took a skid skier hundred years ago. Well, they wouldn't have skid skiers hundred years ago, but whatever it's just like a and they're not very long it's like they just die out but they're these they're they're made looks like roads man on these on these mountains um and then uh i try to find there's a there's some places that have like a like an open meadow like a natural meadow uh, that's not man-made um those have always been pretty good i mean an afternoon they'll they'll get out there and um it's just but i i see all mine are always on these hillsides do you pay attention? Do you do you find want to find areas with like a, say like a lot of points coming off into like a bottom or something that might would have some of these features? I mean, does, do you ever pay attention to like the, the the points or any kind of ridge secondary ridge points or anything dropping off into a spot? So uh, the places that I've been finding up there, not necessarily like ridge points. Yeah. Um, now on the bear stuff, that's different. That that's a whole other story. But like it seems like these tur- honestly, man, it's kind of it's hard to explain it because sometimes you look back and I like I look back in the past couple of years and I go. Man, they were just really everywhere. You know what? I mean? It was just about being at the right spot at the right time because you, know, you go to those spots and they weren't there, and then you go, oh, "Man, I'm gonna go check this other spot." And it was in a spot that you think, "Well, man, I'd have never thought they were gonna be there, but that's where they were." But at the end of the day, they're not far from where those are. Where those, um, I call them like little, like old logging roads. Yeah. It's not an actual logging road. If it makes, I don't like. So it's like there's a cut. There's like a cut inside the, the ridge that they're kind yeah, of yeah, like very little. On. And I mean, there's trees in them. I mean, but you can walk like I, there's there's one place where. Um, where I actually, when I was up there bear hunting, one year I saw a bear, uh, he was way up at the top of the mountain. I'm like, man, that son of a gun is moving. Like, he, and he was walking. I was like, what? I look on my topo maps, there's nothing showing. I'm like, he is walking like it is flat. You know what I'm saying? And so sure enough, man, the next day, of course, I, I was I was packing. I said, I got to go check this out. And it was this road. Well, that has been a hot spot for me. I mean, I've killed multiple birds on this place. Um, and it opens up into these big flats up on the top of the mountain. Um, I say on the tops, about halfway up, but like there's these big, just kind of flat rolling areas and acorn trees everywhere. And man, that's that's where they they love those acorns. So how do the turkeys use those old road beds? I mean, how do you see them? I mean, is it something like a, the gobblers like wanting to strut on it and spend gobblers, a lot of time on them? Gobblers like to strut on them. That's what I've I, most most all the birds that when I've shot has been in strut has been on one of those. Uh, the hens are usually feeding above or below, you know where he can see them, but they're yeah. always feeding on that steep incline. You know, you see it when turkey's scratching and everything. But that gobbler, he he's always on that flat spot, showing off, I guess. But what kind of scale are you hunting on in the mountain? Like when when I look at the 
when I look at Onyx or something, uh, North Georgia, the ridges are like gigantic, it seems like. It's like big terrain features compared to like if you look at a topo map of like here, like where we're sitting right now, uh, there's just like a bunch of little points all over the place. But if you go up there, it's like a much, much bigger scale. So are you trying to find those smaller terrain features or are you just looking at the big giant stuff and taking that for what it is? I'm just looking at it. And there again, there's a lot of people that can look at these maps a lot better. Like you guys are spot on on y'all stuff. Like when you, you I don't. My thing is, I like to get the boots on the ground, and I'll find an area and I'll pin it, and mm-hmm. then I'll go back to Hondex and I'll go. I don't know why they're. In, I mean, this doesn't make any sense to me why they're <laughs> right here. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, but um, but yeah, it's a lot bigger scale. Um, but there again, those those these flat areas and where these springs come out, it seems to be. I mean, that's that's like well, here in two weeks when I go, first place I'm hitting is is two of my favorite spots and that's that's how it is like that you know and hopefully i'll look up and get a deaf and blind turkey up there and (laughs) 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 try to get one but um it's just you know and there's and then there again like on some of these national forests too you do have you know you'll have some roads that um and it's not like all off-road like there's a lot of that most of that stuff i like to get you know away from everybody on everything but there are some places where you know, I can come into a spot. I've learned certain areas where I can walk for 45 minutes or so to a spot and get back on the backside of a spot to where maybe there is a road, but it might be 15 miles to that spot if you were on that road going around the mountain, but they've, they've, they've blocked it. So there's no, there's no traffic, you know? And so then, then all of a sudden now I'm on the backside of, of that. So then I walk those roads and try to see, Hey man, if there's just like we do, check to see if there's tracks see if there's a strut zone or something um cool cool thing happened this has been i've got the picture i don't know it's been about four years ago i told you about the uh the army deal the guys training oh yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah so um that so that day actually where they were at and they were so i they were uh rangers um training they were doing mountain face training and um they uh said yeah we got several teams coming through this area and there's like man i can't believe you're out here turkey hunting man like what in the world and i'm sitting here going like this is crazy man like i i've never i told them i said i've never seen anybody out here they actually asked me if i was okay they were like man are you all right you know where you're at i'm like yeah man i mean i started at five o'clock this morning in the dark you know and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and i'm way back out you know i was planning on packing in just sleeping up there that night and um they're like yeah man they said we've never we've never seen anybody back in here i'm like that's cool man <laughs> that's good to know and, uh, like, so, I'm, I'm in the right spot <laughs> yeah and so he's like man he says but we've got several what well, he called them teams that are coming through they're mapping working on mountain phase and mapping and stuff like that and uh i started talking to him and i said well, i asked him where he came in from and uh he told me and i was like yeah man i said that's about an hour and 45 minute walk if you go up through these two ridges and he's like Dude, that's spot on. And I was like, man, I, this is an area that I just know, right? And so I was like, well, shoot, man. So I was like, well, I... Hour and 45-minute walk. Let's everybody pay attention to that. Hour and 45-minute walk. Okay, keep going. Okay. So <laughs> it's, a I long, was like, it's a long-ass way. That's a long way, man. Um, And that's not flat, you know? No, it, not at all. <laughs> but it was funny, so I'm sitting there going, you know, well, they're not really messing my hunt up, man. There's, uh-huh. you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousand acres up here. But where they were at was an area that I... It was kind of like my stopping point. I had never really scouted any further or whatever, so I start. I, man, I just start walking, and I walk about forty minutes, 
And I come into a bunch of sign, man, and I'm like, man, this is this looks fresh. So I'm just gonna sit down. So I I was in almost like a uh, I don't want to call it a ditch, but it was a real low area. And and I mean, like literally, it was it was an awesome setup. And I could see down this old logging road and scratch all around me and everything. And I'm getting my calls out, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? So I, man, I just I yelped a couple times and. Uh, it's like, oh, I got to get my game ear in, you know. So I put my game ear in, and all of a sudden I hear like this, like I can hear leaves. And I'm like, where is that? Sounds close, you know. And I look in a, in a probably less than, I'm going to say 10, maybe 10 yards, if that, a gobbler pops up off of this rock ledge of a creek. Like there is like, it sounds like whitewater. Like it is a, um, there's a, there's this creek's probably four foot wide, and it is just, it had been raining, and it was just you couldn't hear anything but i heard this this you know i heard something walking and he just pops up and he's like looking and man he gets on the back side of my shoulder and i'm like man i've got to turn on this bird and so i kind of like turned into this stump and when i go to shoot him i didn't realize where my gun was right here it wasn't in my shoulder it was on my on my what, almost my, your, inside of your elbow or bicep. This, yeah i'm on my bicep Ooh, and when i, I oh yeah let me tell you that. that's just the start of the story what happened to me but it Man, when I, I got him, I was like, I can't believe this. This is a brand new spot. I just, I mean, it was the first spot I sat down to, and I was like, man, and I'm not saying, oh, look what I did. I'm just saying, like, I couldn't believe it happened. And now I'm like, now I got a bird, and now I've got to go all the way back out. So I've got to go back past all these guys. Well, where I parked my truck, there's this little open kind of a field. When I got back there, you had unmarked cars, guys in their uh, like like sleeping bags and not tents, like sleeping all military, right? And they're all that, and they're like, dude, they were, they called me Birmingham. It was funny because he's like Birmingham, <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, man, he's man, we heard you shoot. We're like, there's no way he just shot a bird. We just left like, there's no way. Yeah. And um, I started laughing, and uh, so I um, but I remembered my arm. I couldn't straighten my arm out. And uh, he was like sitting there, and he's like, "Dude, you all right?" I was like, "Man, when I shot, man, my arm." And he said, uh, "He says, ooh." And I'm like, "This is like a military medic." And I went, "Look, man, uh, uh, dude, listen, I, I can't describe it. I couldn't move my arm for like four days, and it finally popped. When it did, my whole arm turned black, and for like three oh. and a half, four weeks, man, I couldn't move. I could not move my arm. I couldn't work on a bow. I couldn't well, do anything. What did it do? So, so when you're shooting. You know, at that time I was shooting the Nitro TSS in oh. an 870 Express, right? 24 inch barrel. Yeah, I, w- I would have rather have been kicked by a mule than this gun. <laughs> but when it, I mean, it just it absolutely destroyed that bicep, man. Oh shit! And so I remember walking out of there, but like it just is crazy, man. Um, but yeah, that. But it was just like I said, that was a whole another feature of that of that area that I didn't realize. So. There again, I marked that spot and started. And I once I started scouting that area, I figured out why that bird was where he was at. There was this huge bottom down there, man. And when that, when the, when that, uh, it's not a creek; it's a stream. Whatever mm-hmm. comes down through there. Sometimes when it rains, it floods in some areas. I mean, there were grubs, grasshoppers, everything was in there for food. Like so, it was like a perfect time. And he had to just been coming through there. Yeah. But how often, when you're hunting like in those mountain areas, if you looked at like kind of where you've had success with birds. In relation to like bottoms, like a lot of guys, when they think turkey, they're thinking like hunting bottoms, hunting like if we're talking like thermal hubs, like you know, like a bowl where you have three or four ditches all come together in one spot, like an area like that seems like to be a hot spot for birds. How often have you killed birds like in the mountains in that area versus like up on like the sides of these ridges? I've killed, 
I've killed a lot more birds than those uh, on the side, like low sides, not high sides, like low sides into these long bottoms. You know, sometimes in those mountains, you'll have a bottom that might run a mile and a half down through there, especially if you got water. So if you got a creek and that creek is coming down the mountain or that, that stream comes down that mountain through there. Um, so it's a lot, there's a lot of big, uh, where you have a lot of huge hillsides that kind of come in, they flatten out a little bit, uh, but you're still elevated. Like you're not at the bottom of the mountain. You're, you're, let's say a quarter of the way up, but you just, in these mountains, all of a sudden you hit these flat spots. And that's what I've seen that they love to be in. Yeah, just up out of that bottom, kind of that, yep. that next kind of tier yep. up. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sitting to where I'm having to put my feet against something to keep me from sliding down the hill to kill a bird. I'm, I'm not hunting that steep. And I know guys that do, like, don't get me wrong, but I, I've not seen, um, you'll, I, I've seen scratch, like where they've been scratching on a, on a real steep side like that. But I'm also one of those that's like, man, if there's if there's a little bit easier access, a little bit easier way to hunt them, I think I'm going to go the – seems to be – I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it does. Yeah. No, I, I got to ask, when you're hunting these areas, how do you go about – like say if you're walking in and maybe you're walking in an hour plus into a spot – how do you like to position yourself in order to be able to listen to certain areas where you think they're roosted? I mean, in, in these areas, are they roosted off some of these points, it seems like? Or are they kind of roosted more in the, the little drainages? What does it seem like they're roosting in? They've typically? always roosted somewhere close to that water. Okay. They've always roosted. And when I say water, I'm not talking about big pockets of water. I'm not yeah. talking about, like, ponds. I'm just talking about where it's where you've got um like these spring heads and stuff like that generally in those areas they're going to have good roosting trees that i've seen um up there up places where i hunt you have uh some some big rivers some big creeks and then you have these fingers that come off the creeks that go into the mountains and stuff and they but they always seem to be somewhere in there but they're always on the steep side man they're always on the steep side so i'm not one to um I don't try to get too close. Georgia, how how I go into a, a morning hunt in Georgia and Alabama is a little bit different. You know, Alabama, I try to, you know, you use the term get in their bubble or whatever, try to get close as I can without busting them. Um, but uh, in Georgia, I kind of like to sit back a little bit because I sit there and go, man, if they, another reason I do that is because if they're on this tall, tall ridge, okay, and they fly down, they're not just going to fly straight down. They're going to fly way down. So what good is it to be 80 yards from them or even 100 yards when they're going and they're, right over you? Yeah. And that's what they do. Um, so I had a uh, I had a really um, – was it year year before last, there's a picture, I think Mark's and then put it up on the uh, deal. I, I found this open meadow. It was like wildflowers, man. It was awesome. And I had been looking at it on a topo, and that's the one I was telling you about. Like it looks like a road cone on a topo, right? And uh, but there was this. I got there like nine. I drove up that that morning, and um, I got up there, and there's a there was a, a river that runs down through there, and the it had been raining. You could man, I'm talking from like 200. Or you could just hear this river just roaring, man. And uh, so I'm like, man, I, if a turkey comes in here, I'm not even going to be able to hear him. And uh, so I set up, and it, like I said, it was kind of this open area, and I could see. I mean, it was it was a one of the few fields or open meadow that they had up there that I found. And I was like, man, this is awesome. This is everything I thought it was going to be. And so I um, I start calling. I can't hear anything. So I was like, man, I'm just going to start gobbling. And, man, I started gobbling, and I was gobbling like three or four times and just hammering. And I look, and almost 200 – I'll have to show you the picture, mm-hmm. but almost 
well over 200 yards away, there's another mountain that just went straight up. And I look, man, and you ever you ever seen something like in the woods when something's coming towards you and you're sitting there going, man, what is that? And you don't, <laughs> and it's like, oh, hey, your turkey hunt, it could be a turkey, you know? <laughs> but they started coming off the side of this mountain, and this mountain, they were three quarters of the way up. So this blew my mind. And they all, and it was 13 of them come off this mountain, man. And I'm watching, it's like B 52s coming oh, off this. Oh, they're flying. They're flying no. off of the mountain into this field, right? <laughs> I think this probably goes down into one of the, probably the most, the, the, the best turkey hunt that I've had up there as far as like most memorable. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching these birds and they're flying and they're flying over this, this, like they're flying over this, uh, I said river, it's more of a creek, but it's, it's a fairly large creek yeah. and they're flying, they, they hit down and I start looking and I'm like, my gosh, man. And I start, so I get my binoculars up and I look and I'm like, man, they're all Jake's. Every single one of them are Jake's, you know? And then all of a sudden they all kind of clear and I, and I, and because I can't hear, but all of a sudden I see, I see this fan and I see like that from a distance you know like he's gobbling i can yeah. see the side i can't hear him but i was like man, that's a little bit bigger bird and I, sure enough i saw it man he was like a stud and i was like okay he's with all these jays so i start gobbling and gobbling and gobbling and i cut and then i gobbled again and it, man i i can't describe this I, this is why i've started filming more now because if i would have filmed this it's unbelievable but those jakes started getting in a in a straight line, and they started running straight towards me. And they and this gobbler was strutting, running, strutting, running, strutting, running. He was coming in, and he got to like thirty yards, man. And the jakes, I mean, I had jakes like seven feet from me, and they're all just they're, I mean, they're they're just they're all trying to figure out what's going on. And I shoot this bird, and man, birds go everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, dude. So I got chills. That gave me chills. But I, I sat there and I looked, and it, it took longer to come down the mountain than the hunt. And I'm sitting there going, what in the world just happened, man? I could not believe that. Like, I, I was like, man, and I, one of my, uh, he's a brother from another mother to me, his man, Chuck. But I was like, man, if Chuck would have been here with me on this, this would have been something that, like, because it's, I don't know how to describe that, but man, I mean, like literally, it, they were just flying off of that mountain, and they come soaring into that, and they just, it was unbelievable. And I was like, "How far were they flying? Do you think if you if you had it like just roughly guess, you think that they were coming?" In I'm from? telling you, listen, and I, I I know Doc Chamberlain and all these guys that they can live in on science, and they say, well, however far birds, I swear it seemed like they they flew for 200 yards, man. But I know it wasn't, but it just seemed that way because – but they were so far up on that hill. I guess if, if they're up here and they're flying straight down, it could be a couple hundred yards, several hundred yards. But, if, you know, I, it looked like planes landing, man. I just never seen anything like that. <laughs> it was cool. unbelievable, man. Now, now, you've mentioned this a few times in the podcast, and we've got to talk about this. This is a very big portion of the podcast that listeners you need to take note on is how you implement gobbling with like your calling sequence and having a tremendous amount of se- success with gobbling. Um, yeah. He has trouble with his words. That's yeah. okay. No, but uh, when did you figure out gobbling? Like, how did you figure out gobbling was like a, a, a legitimate opportunity for a calling sequence that you could have, you know, you know, you could make it work. And then when did you start having, you know, more and more success using it? This is going to sound so like, that's it. Like when I started gobbling, there was they were leaving hens. I remember the first time I gobbled at one, he left the hen and the hens chasing him. And I'm like, and I'm not listen. I 
I'm not saying that I can get on stage and gobble with these guys. It's not no extraordinary gobble, but it, it's a, it works, you know. But like it would it would be. You get a bird that's hung up, and he's gobbling, and he's gobbling. And you're like, man, I've called to him, and I, you know, he's just he's hung up. I love that's that's the famous words of turkey hunter, hung up, right? And I'm like, I got to thinking about it one day. It's like, you know, birds are birds are like hot tempered teenage boys a lot of times. Okay, so if you get somebody that's there sitting there hollering, 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 well, if this guy says something, being smart, if he says the right thing, it's going to be a fight. And so I was thinking there, I mean, this bird just, I was, I know, when I first started doing it, it was actually in Greensboro. And uh, this bird had been giving me fits all season. And I, and I, you know, it's not like deer, I know you could be, but I'm telling you, this was the same bird. This was in his, his spot. I could not, I couldn't do anything, man. I could never get him to commit in there. And um, so finally he, he started doing it. And I was like, well, by God, I'm going to gobble back at you. It was less than a minute that hunt was over. I mean, and so I, and I, I don't think anybody else should do this. I don't think anybody that turkey hunts should gobble. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but um, but you know, you, you you hear about how like when the Hank call was out, yeah, you know, how yeah. many people were successful with that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I was like, man, I couldn't do it. I called it the Kank call because I and there's not a whole lot of calls that I I can't. I'm not able to run. I'm it's a passion. The outdoors, why I'm making a living doing it. I, I love outdoors. I love everything about it. But I was like, man, I can't do this. This is embarrassing, man. I was like, you know, how does this rep that don't even turkey hunt, he's being able to do it. How am I not, you know, but anyway, um, but that Greensboro hunt, I was like, okay. So I was sitting there going, okay, man, I gobbled, kind of got a little big head. I was all excited. I finally, and I started, I, I'm telling you, man, I've, I think I, I'm looking now the past probably seven years and I'm not saying that I don't yelp or I don't, you know, use the turkey call to yeah. like most people. But I, I've had, well, I've had guys sit there and go with me, and they go, "Are you not going to call?" And I'm like, "Just, just let the woods liven up a little bit. Hear one gobble, and then I gobble right back at him, right back at him, and then I'll do a like a real light tree yelp or something, or a real light yelp, and it worked. I'm telling you, it's it's. It's on, man. And you just got on it's, a mouth call? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just on a mouth call. How hard is it to learn how to do that? I've I've never tried. So on a mouth, just oh, on a mouth like, call. Yeah, you talking about call on a mouth call? Or, or no, or gobble, just gobble, gobble. Okay, gobble on a mouth call. so um, I th- I think it all depends. Everybody's different. Um, I try to um. I don't know if this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about guitars and stuff like being like, so got a history with music and everything. And so I've never been able to read music, but I can, I, I can play things by ear. My ear, even though I can't hear, <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> Somebody said you literally play by your ear. Um, but I think because I'm able to be able to pick out certain tones and stuff and I can, I can mimic those sounds. And so I just remember having a mouth call one day and like trying to picture myself trying to like it, I, I, the lady sitting in the car next to me at the red light was probably thinking, "What is this dude doing?" Because I was sitting there, like literally extending my head out trying to <laughs> gobble and stuff. And uh, finally, it started sounding decent. So I called a buddy of mine, Gary Holcomb, um, and I said, "I want you to be one hundred percent honest with me, man." Because Gary and I, we we hunted a lot together, man, and and uh, just and fan, awesome guy, dude, awesome guy, and. Um, but I remember uh, I told him, I said, I want you to be honest with me. I, I, I'm going to gobble, and I want you to tell me what you think. And he says, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, 
I might be onto something right here, you know. It might, if it works, it works. It don't have to sound like it's on stage, but if it works, yeah. hey man, run with it. But it has been very successful for me. And I've heard I've heard guys say, hey man, if you're on public land, I don't suggest gobbling and this and that. Um, and I and I and I, I understand why. There's some, you know, there's people out there that you know that you don't want to be in the woods with. But where I'm hunting, man, it has been it's been money. Um, that's like last Monday morning. That's the same way that that bird came in. I mean, I went in there blind. I hadn't been on. I, it's, it's sad, man. I, I'm so busy with ball and everything else that I hadn't been able to go back home. And, um, but it's been, gosh, man, I think it's been eight or nine years since I've been on my place. Oh wow! Like it's been a while. And uh, and I went out and I, I was like, man, I, I, you know, I don't even know if there's birds in here. I just so I went to this spot that I've always, I, I've actually killed birds on this tree before, and um. I was like, okay, hey, it's still here. It's a good spot to listen because I've got swamp, a little bit of rolling hills and everything. And so I was like, man, this would be a good spot. And uh, I thought that I heard a gobble, but I wasn't sure because I hadn't got my walkers in yet. And uh, it was still early. And um, so I was sitting there. And uh, so I did, I was like, man, I think that was a gobble. So I just did a real, real light three, just yep, yep, yep. That's all I did. And I waited about I mean, it wasn't maybe a minute or two minutes, and I gobbled hard. And I, and I, as soon as I gobbled, then I gobbled again, and that was it. When I did that, a hen come down. She started walk, kind of coming down the road or whatever, and I was like, okay, that's, that's, pre- that's pretty cool, I guess. You know, I'm sitting here. And then all of a sudden, here comes the Volkswagen from the side. I mean, he is just like, bam. And he came in there. Run, you saw the video. Oh, yeah. And, like, he, the hen, I, very seldom do you see gobblers leaving the hens and the hens chasing the gobblers. Like, I don't see that a lot. I'm not saying they don't do it, but obviously they did because it got on film. But it, like, it's something about that, man. Um, you know, and I've had guys go, well, yeah, if, if it's a young bird, they probably would work. Man, I, I've i taken some mature gobblers, man. I mean, I don't, I, I'm like, uh, I agree with Mike. Sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, two-year-old, three-year-old bird, stuff like that. But when you're killing, you know, inch inch and a quarter better, you know, 10-inch beards and stuff, that to me is not a two-year-old I I think he's a more mature bird, but it has worked, man. I mean, it has worked really well. So, is it one of those things that, in a situation, um, say like when you're mountain hunting, you're you're saying like in the mountain hunting, you're not necessarily worried about getting close to where they're roosting at. You're just trying to get eyes or, or ears on them, and then trying to figure out, you know, potentially like based off your scouting and the sign that habitat sure. terrain where they're going to go to when they fly down. Is that one of those things like when they're gobbling the roost, would you gobble back at them or would you wait a little bit time after, you know, potential they've kind of pitched out and then start doing a gobble? I'm going to hit them with a gobble, man. I came up there to hunt. I'm like, so, <laughs> like, but here's what's funny because I don't have, there's a lot of turkey hunting. Man, there's some dang freaking just awesome, incredible turkey hunters, you know, and I don't have the opportunity to go roost birds. Like, my schedule, you know, I, I just don't have it. If I'm if I'm not at work, I'm at the ball fields or something, you know, and that's like, so I don't really have time to roost birds. So when I go to Georgia, there's no way for me to go. And, and now, once I'm there, people go, well, man, if you're there, you can roost birds in the afternoons. But, man, I, I have some incredible afternoon hunts up there, too. But um, if I go in there blind, I'm just getting to where I can hear them. And then try and I and, and if hey man if one gobbles I feel like he's close enough I'm gonna gobble and I'm gonna give that bird thirty minutes I'm gonna give him thirty minutes after I gobble to try to see if he's gonna come in, um, but like I said that was early on now now it's gotten to I've been hunting up there so long that now those spots that are 
you know, it's like I'm hitting spots now after this many years of hunting up there where I've always taken birds. They're always there. They might not be there that day. So then I go over to this spot and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of hopping around or walking or whatever, but I'm going to strike a bird up there. That's just, this is going to happen. Um, as long as it's not snowing and sleeting that I ain't never in my life, man. Yeah. I was freezing too. And I wouldn't, I, I checked the weather before I went. Everything was supposed to be like in the sixties. And man, it didn't get over. It was 15, 20 mile an hour winds. Didn't even get over about 38. Oh. And then I didn't have waterproof clothes on. And I, man, it was, it was crazy. When you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl Call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations i might like the all pro that i can get a little bit softer on bottom line there's something for everybody and something for every situation and hey you can get 15 percent off of your order at houndstooth game calls by using the promo code sop24 that's sop24 use that promo code it'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981 and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock choke, and it's to improve your shotgun performance, absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So, Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've, always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at... Uh, 30 and 50 and then I switched to the true lock and changed from 30 to 50 and the 50 yard pattern on my gun with the true lock choke is unbelievable like everybody's jaws were dropping like when we were out there with Mike and Sam we were all super impressed I mean it's throwing a better pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke and Andrew you're shooting the precision hunter choke from true lock it's a great option same chokes I have in my shotgun so guys if you want to give true lock a shot this spring you can head over to truelockchokes.com that's t-r-u-l-o-c-k chokes.com you can also use the promo code southern at checkout at truelockchokes.com and save 10 percent on your order again give true lock a shot this spring especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun and shoot with a more deadly pattern with true lock. So r- real quick, I want you to tell a story real quick. Uh, just talking about like, you know, how hard you're hunting. You, you mentioned this earlier, but when, before we had dinner, uh, talking about this, uh, this bird you kill like at four thirty in the afternoon and maybe got a little sidetracked to kind of where you were at. This is before, you know, I think you might've had onyx, but I didn't use like the, the offline feature and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just like how rugged some of these areas are and how far away you can actually get from a truck. 
Um, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the one where you had to oh, get picked man. up. Yeah, that. So I, I honestly, I should have, I should have hit the little uh, function on there that tells you how far you walked that day. But I started that morning. I got out there. Um, I got out of the truck and started walking up. Uh, I understand sort of like where I'm hunting. It's um, you have main, like you have have a road or whatever. Where I went in, there's no road. It's just it's just mountains. It's just desolate, just wilderness is all it is, right? And so I had gone up in this area, and uh, there was an area that I had looked at. I was like, man, it's gonna take me forever to get there, but I, I want to hunt it. I'm here. If I'm, you know, my thing is, is I mean, I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm gonna walk. And man, I had walked and I'd walked and I'd got on birds, and they. It seems like they were on. It seems like it was a constant. They were in front of me. And it's not like around here, if a bird gets in front of you, you can go down the road and cut them off. And, you know, and so up there, it's like, man, I'm thinking they're on this ridge, but they could have gone the other way. And I'm, I'm just going into no man's land. But you're right. But I kept, I, I kept getting on birds and I was saying, you know, I would get eyesights on them, but there's just wide open woods. And there's, I just, you know, I, I wouldn't try to overcall because I didn't want to bump them and bust them and then i'd be and then i'd be upset because man, you bust birds out there that's a long walk back man and so i was like man so i i was constantly getting eyes and so i would take ridges and i mean i'm i'm putting in some miles i mean it was some serious miles that day and uh so it was a little after four o'clock and i came into a spot and uh i was it was one of those things where i was like man i'm fixing to, this is it man i'm i've either bumped them or Something's just, I, they should have, I should have either seen them, heard them or whatever. And then sure enough, so I was like, I'm going to try it. And man, I gobbled and then bam, he hit. And I was like, he's close. Like, and, and when they sound close in the mountains, they're on you like it. Cause me, I can't, it just, I knew he was close. And, uh, but yeah, that's when, uh, he came in there and he, he made a mistake and, uh, that's when I shot and, uh, I was like, man, I cannot believe that just happened. But by the time I, it's, uh, by the time I realized where I was at, I was like, man, I'm gonna be walking in the dark for a couple of hours in the mountains, and I have no cell phone service. My cell phone's about dead, so I need to get, I need to get to. Uh, one thing that I have learned up there. And especially with Onyx and stuff. Now I do have a Garmin now. <laughs> that that's pretty cool. But at the time I didn't, you yeah. know. But I would get to where I would sit there and say, okay, I'd keep my eyesight on a point on a big ridge or whatever. And as long as I could kind of remember that, walk in one direction, and then I would come out or whatever. But I knew that there was a road. At some point, I was going to hit a this this road. And uh, so I come down the mountain. And uh, that was that one. It was so steep. I was sliding and everything. I get all the way down. And I'm like, man, I've got to get some water. And I went to take my gun off my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) And there was no gun on my shoulder. And I'm like, and I start patting my other side like, you know, yeah, we all do the same thing. Like, I never carry my, my, my gun on my right shoulder. It's always on my left. And I went. Well, I felt it fell off, you know, coming down the mountain. I was like, oh, man, I realized that about all the way at the top, I was like, well, I better use the restroom, you know. <laughs> and so it was still up there. And that's – is this what you were talking oh, about, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 And so I'm sitting here going, man, and I – it literally – I mean, it – when it when it takes you just shy of 30 minutes to come down a mountain before you get into a flat area or to – 
that's a long way down and that's a lot of like like a lot of zigzagging and there were certain points i was just like man i can slide and i'm gonna hold this you know just kind of ease down on my butt or whatever and then i tried to get up and man my leg i've been walking all day man and so i was like man there's no way i I cannot believe i just did this stupid move man what a rookie i mean who leaves their gun at the top of a mountain like what kind of you know, and I'm, I'm just like, man, I'm mad at myself. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I try to tell my boys about responsibility. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, be responsible. Like, no, you know, cut the lights off this. You know, didn't think I'd have to ever tell anybody, hey, don't forget your gun in the woods, you know. But uh, so <laughs> I go back up this mountain, man, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to find my gun. And uh, anyway, long story short, after over an hour of walking up a mountain, I'm just like, man, there's no way. It's starting to get a little – it's not dark by any means, but it's getting it's getting close. I mean, you know, I'm like, man, this is going to be bad because, you know, I've got a headlamp. It's probably – heck, I probably left it at the bottom of the mountain, now, you know. <laughs> so I look, man, and I kid you not, and it's a God thing because I'm sitting there going, man, I cannot – there's no way. Every tree in here looks the same. Every ridge looks the same. Every – and I just look, and it not 10 yards from me, that gun is propped up against that tree. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. And I just, I was about to cry, man. I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that I just, that this happened. So then I come back down the mountain, long story short, and I'm walking down this road, and it's starting to get dark. And then I see headlights coming. And, uh, of course, out there, man, I've actually, this is no joke, one of these places that I hunt, um, I was told by somebody that is from that area who was a retired law enforcement. He said that when most people will call, if there's an issue up there, like if they get a call, Jefferson Department will go up there. And it's because, like, they just, they're like, man, we're not, that's too, they just don't, I don't know how to say it, man. Um, they don't want to deal with the people. <laughs> Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? I mean, there's a bad – like, I've, ta- I've talked to people up in that area, and they're just like, man, don't leave your truck, man. You could come out in your truck and be gone. But I, and luckily, I've never had no, you know, no, no issues. Mm-hmm. So I get these headlights coming. I'm sitting here going, man, I'm kind of nervous. But, man, it was a super guy. His name was Chris, man, and I still talk to him now. But uh, he's like, man, you all right? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, man, where, where, where are you parked at? And I told him, and he said, man, hop in. And, man, it was like a 22-minute ride, dude. It, in a truck to where my truck was at so i had i had ba- i had covered four major ridges that day kind of like you know you had like when you're in the mountains you sit there and you count ridge ridge, ridge. that's that's kind of how i did that day which was crazy to do for a turkey but man but i wasn't i was more proud of that turkey than anything man <laughs> i mean i just like being out in the mountains man i'm like you know i everybody always talks about the bear up there and stuff i'm like which we've had situations. Well, but, we're, I want to bring that real quick. But, I want to talk about yeah. the the gobble thing a little bit more. Um, with the gobble, are you always doing that in conjunction with like some cuts or something, or are you just straight gobbling at a turkey? Most of the time, I, I really and truly, I don't do a whole lot of cutting with it. Um, every once in a blue, like, so sometimes what I'll do is I, you talk about like a sequence or something like that. If I'm just sitting there, I'm like, man, I just need to get something. So I'll do like three like yelps like just a yep 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 and then i'll you know and and when i do that i I just sit and wait and that seems to be a pretty good deal if i get him to answer you know a lot of people say hey man if he answers just shut up i want to piss him off i want to make sure because i don't have a whole lot of time to hunt so i'll just i want to make sure like if he gobbles if i can hear him gobble and i can cut him off I'm going to do it. With a gobble. With a gobble. Yeah. That's, and, that's the difference. It's not cutting them off with the yelp. You cut them off with yeah, the gobble. And, and it's funny. And I, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know what this. 
I don't know if they're more mad, but it seems like every bird that has come in like that, his head has been solid white, not like a red, white, and blue, like solid white. I don't know if that, I don't know if that means anything because I don't know, but I've just, I've noticed because even, even the other day we was talking about it and uh, I was telling the guy at the store, he came in today, he's like, he goes, man, he said, uh, I had that, uh, I, I sold him a, uh, it was a, uh, a gobble box that Eddie Salters does. And I told him, I said, man, it's a, it's very simple to do. Get you some rubber bands around this thing. You can shake it. If you if you do it inside, it doesn't sound as great. But it can, man, in the woods, it does sound like that. And he said, man, I did that. He said, that bird came in. He said, man, he goes, I was, he goes, I've, I, when he came in, he said, I was thinking, man, you know, having a red, white, blue head. and every, He said, it was solid white. I've never seen a bird with a solid white. He's new to turkey hunting. He said, I've never seen one solid white. When he said that, it kind of, that kind of, it. I was like, you know what? Now that you say that, so it's not like I've always known that. That happened today, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm looking back at a lot of these birds when I've done that. And they're, and I, so there, there might not be anything to that, but something obviously there's something that might be i'm not a scientist i'm just a bow tech who likes to turkey hunt and i just but i've i've seen that and um so i don't know if a turkey's head's more white if he's more mad if he's re- you know i don't know i, I don't white know hot. well see andrew, yeah, andrew i don't know andrew always says because we watched one uh saturday he's oh man his head's white that's not a good thing no i didn't say that i thought you said something no, about his head white. Uh-uh, no i liked it I've, yeah. I've saw the same thing so when their head's white that's a good thing yeah in my oh, book okay. oh yeah like it, if his head is like yeah. like red or something like straight red like that usually means like i scared him it seems like like i've seen a lot of red heads running off through the woods <laughs> I, I, never, I never see a white head running off through the woods that's, that's, that's like hilarious. somebody's gonna be sitting there going this guy don't know nothing about turkey hunting he's talking about white heads but i'm just like i just i Ugh. i mean I, and don't get me wrong man i've had birds strutting into red white and blue and everything but i'm just saying it seems like the birds that really have come in there just violent I mean, violent just has had that white head, man. In Georgia one time, I was hunting a WMA, and it was a slow morning. A rainstorm had come through. There wasn't anything going on. I didn't hear a turkey all morning. It got to be like 945, and I had to leave. I was in Auburn at the time. I had I had to go to class, and I, I had like 30 more minutes. I'm like, I'm just going to throw the kitchen sink at him. And so I'd, I start yelping. I cut it off with Jake Yelps, and I do this the most obnoxious, like, five-minute calling sequence, just like, yip, 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 bow, 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 back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And I sit there for, like, three minutes, and there's just nothing. And then all of a sudden, pow, like, over the next ridge, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And I turn, and he gobbles, like, three more times. It ended up being two birds, but they're just, like, coming in, like, gobbling. I'm like, holy crap. So I run down across the creek and get on their ridge, and I think I called one more time, and they cut me off. And it was two birds gobbling, and they were running and gobbling, and they wrapped around the hill and white heads, both of them. And I shot one of them and racked a shell and put it on the other one. And this is right when I started hunting Georgia. I'm like, wait, can I shoot two in a day here? And so I just let him go. But I was like, oh, I could have doubled. But it's all right. I got one. Yeah, but I think it, they changed it now. I don't think. I think it's just one bird now. So yeah, but that was the Golly. white heads, dude. It, I mean, like, and there again, there may not be anything to it. It could be just totally coincidence or whatever. But I, when he said that today, I'm like, you know, and you think, here's the thing. Like, this was a guy that has not turkey hunted a whole lot. And he said something, and I'm sitting there going, man, I've, I've been seeing that. And I think, too, as, as, as any kind of hunter, a lot of times if you really just kind of sit back and re, re, relive that hunt and play, kind of like a play-by-play and, like, store that in the back of your mind, you start realizing it's like, oh, wait a minute. 
this starts to click. This starts to click. And I mean, and so that's what that's another thing with turkey hunting, man. Like, I've been turkey hunting since I was nine. And I'm 41 now. And I know there's guys that have, I mean, been doing it a lot longer. But, like, one thing about turkey hunting is every year it's something that you learn or something that you go, well, gosh, that's been going on for the past eight years. I didn't even think about that, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah, I, I think there's something to that. But that's So one yeah. one hunt that comes to mind, we're talking about gobbling, that comes back. I used to have a I, – I used to. I had a lynch box call that uh, I, I I used for a while, and then I, I accidentally one day I shot a bird, and I stepped on it and des- destroyed it on accident because <laughs> I threw it down next to me. Anyways, Ouch. and um, – Anyways, but I could gobble on that box call really well, uh, or fairly, fairly well, should I say, fairly well. Uh, and there was a hunt, me and Andrew were hunting in some Alabama piece of pup land, and we were, like, chasing some birds around all morning. They weren't playing. And all of a sudden, we got down this freaking bottom at the head of this slough, this cypress slough. And I'm like, let's try, I'm going to try to gobble. Because, like, we had heard a bird down there, like, roosted down there at that time, and there's a big saddle and a ridge up next to it. And we got, I gobbled on it. And we might have got a couple times. Oh, we got one a bunch of times. Oh, we got one. We, okay. were, we were goofing off yeah, at this point. And then all of a sudden, we're like, well, we just turned to start walking back down the bottom, and we didn't make it 50, 60 yards. And come over the top of the ridge, <laughs> bah, 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 and I'm like, now, I don't, was it one or two birds? It was two birds. We're like, hit the deck. And, and then come running off the ridge, dude, like Why psychopaths. And like, we were idiots because we should have sat there. And we were like, by that time, we had walked down the bottom, probably 50 yards from where we had just called at. It, I mean, it was probably a couple minutes later, but we were kind of moving quickly. And we were just inside like a little privet thicket or some kind of little thick stuff. And you could see them. But like we're like, oh crap! So we're trying to hit the deck and like try to try to move, and they get down to where, where literally where I was calling yeah, at, absolutely. and they're strutting and gobbling their heads off in that same spot. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and then we we bump the freaking bird, trying to like <laughs> trying to like get like so get, get it off there. And I'm like, oh, and again, why don't Andrew? Why don't we do that no more? What's going on? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was that was fun. I gobble. I gobble from time to time. You ain't, we ain't do it because Jacob ain't hunted in a while. You, we should have done it this weekend. What are you doing? We should have done it this weekend. I ain't gonna lie, for real. I like it. I mean, I considered doing it, but I just didn't do it. I can't do it on a mouth call real good. Um, I I can do it on a box call okay. Ooh. I've got a Woodhaven real hen, and I can gobble pretty good on that one. Uh, but those you mentioned a Hank gobble call earlier, yeah. dude. I'd never seen one of those, and I was turkey hunting with Cy Collie one time. And he whipped that joker out, and I thought he was going to hoot or something. And he's like, pow! And I was like, whoa! Dude, they sound yeah. good. If you can find Dude, one to use good. Well, if my, you can run it, it sounds great. We had a, my buddy Gary I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. He had one, and uh, we were in Greensboro one year. And, man, it was freezing cold, and it started raining. And I and it was uh it was the last time me and him were gonna be able to hunt I think for that season. And uh, man, it was just na- I mean cold, 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 cold. And he got that hang out and he started doing it and man, it was immediate, man. We had two birds on top of us and the way we and this is on this you know, I I I'll have to say I it was the guide's fault. It was me. Cause I we were in this clear cut and it's off of this hill. So this big mountain's coming off this hill in this clear cut and there is no cover in this clear it's a fresh cut, clear cut, but where they were where the trucks were making their circles and grabbing all the logs and all that stuff, there was a brush pile right there, and I was set up right there. And so I was like, "Man, I'm gonna put this strutting decoy over in this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the strutter because I was like, man, this will be cool, man. This will be an awesome hunt. So I put it out there to where they, those birds, if they come off the top, they can see it. Well, Gary was tucked in up under, like right next to the road, but it was like a ledge, so he had about five foot of ledge above him. Well, he's hitting this hank and these two birds, and I can see him, and I can see Gary, and I'm sitting here going, they're right above you. 
They're, I'm like, I'm like, they're and they're gobbling their heads off. It's raining, and he and he's over there, and he's moving. He's hitting this Hank call, and they're right above him. They can't see him, and I'm like, and uh, he because so anyway, so they they end up coming down the road. Well, they never came in. I guess the the guy I don't, for whatever reason, but man, they kept going across this clear cut. So I go over there, and he's like, man, where were they at? And I was like, dude, they were right above your head. And he goes, well, I was wondering why you didn't shoot. I was like, well, I mean, I, like we shooting above your head, but, like, they were right there, man. Well, they get across this clear cut, and he starts hitting that thing, and they gobbled every single time he hit it. Now, they they wanted to be somewhere besides there for some whatever reason. didn't work out, but, man, he, he could run that pretty good man and he's an he's an incredible duck hunter anyway so he can uh, i something about that call yeah because it's a tube call it's yeah, like i mean it's, it's it's a tubular design it looks like kind of like a yeah. grunt call slash duck call it's, it's kind of interesting because I'll, I'll look at one because one of my one i know side talked about and we had another guy talk about on the podcast and i went to look at them on ebay and they're three hundred dollars they're expensive man yeah I think we sold I, them at the store for 49 why doesn't another company come out with one they're probably like a patent issue or something like that. Um, right? I can't say. Okay. <laughs> I think that um, I think there's a chance that that will, in a different form, come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of legalities gotcha. and too many mm. hands in the project but anyway gotcha. Gotcha. that's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to be. Well, I, I don't want. The, I don't want somebody to take me out. So there. There's a lot, a lot, a lot more that I want to talk about, but we're gonna have to get you back on because because uh, we ain't got time to cover all of it. All good, man. But dude, we ain't talking the pig story. No, we ain't no, talking the bear I'm saying, story. I'm saying we gotta ah. we gotta end on I think like, the pig story. Should, should we tell you the pig or the I don't know the pig story is good. The, the bear story is good too. I don't know. I don't pig know. story makes me like an idiot. I think yeah. the, pig story, <laughs> the, the pig story makes you like look back and like just like what did I do this? The bear story is sketchy as hell though. Bear, you tell the bear story. There might not be any guys hunting in North Georgia. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, the bear story is not too long, but I tell talk about the bear story first. I think we'll end on the hog story because I mean the bear story is not too terribly long but like the thing is so one thing about you is you know you've been you've been also bear hunting in the fall as well okay it's kind of funny it's like bear hunting in the fall seeing some small bears stuff like that but it's like in the springtime you see some of these magnums i'm seeing some man georgia if anybody at the state of georgia would just give me one year permit me only (laughs) (laughs) to just go and bear hunt this spot because nobody that's one thing one of the uh one of the uh game wardens in that area he's like you are the only person that I know that really does bow hunt up here. He said, because it's not a, it's not a popular spot. It's not in all those places, but like, it's just not that, it's just not a place where bears are being killed, but there's big bears in there, but it's just, they're hard to hunt. But anyway, but yeah. Um, so Troy and I, Troy, um, they, him and Naomi, they're good friends of ours down here. He's like a brother to me. They're actually from Columbiana. Anyway, they lived in Georgia and, so we uh, we were going to go turkey. I said, man, we'll come up there and stay with y'all. We're going to go turkey hunt and everything. And so Troy and I, we go out that morning, and uh, where his where his place was, this particular WMA, um, this wasn't a national forest. This was a WMA was over there close to his house. So you could walk out. It it was it was twenty two miles of woods to the to the next like road from where he was at so it was really kind of cool man and um so anyways we we go out there man we're we go we walked i mean it is it wasn't a too far of a walk about 30 maybe 35 minutes that morning we walked to get to this spot 
and um, it was it just so kind of laid out. So you had a old spring head uh, there again. We're talking about spring heads and stuff. So it had all these rock. It was real mossy, and you could tell like when when it rains in there, it's real pretty. It's like a it looks like a big creek or something. But anyway, you had this huge mountain across from us that had a just a low. It was a big mountain, but it just just gradually went up. So we're set up on this other side watching this side because, like I said, it wasn't real – it hadn't got green a whole lot. So I told Troy, I told Troy no, well, walking in there – let me rephrase this. Walking in there, we came across some scat, man. It looked like something out of a cow pasture, man. I mean, it was like, gosh, dog, man, that's fresh, you know. And uh, he's like, yeah, I know they're in here, and we've got pictures of them and stuff. So we set up, and I go up to the top of this tree. He set up kind of beside me um maybe a six six yards from me and i said man i'm gonna back off of you i'm gonna let you watch this ridge i said because if a turkey comes i feel like like we're i think he's gonna come right down through here this is where i think we need to be so um i go up to the top and i'm like man i gotta use the restroom before we go i was about to explode man so i've been drinking way too much water that morning and um so I use the restroom and I get down and I'm I'm kind of like on a like a not really like a treetop but there was a stump behind me and a, a, a cedar so I felt like I, I was kind of tucked in so I was like oh this is cool so we're sitting there and all of a sudden I look up at the top of the mountain we hadn't been there five ten minutes man and I see this black blob coming off the the mountain. And I was like, it, from that distance, you know, you, everybody says, what do you mean you can't tell the difference between a turkey and a bear? But when you just see black, you don't know what it is, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, this bird's coming down. It's, this is fixing to happen. We hadn't been here. Note that this is this is going to be Troy's moment, man. And this bird's working its way down. And then all of a sudden, man, and it's not like one of those things where you go, man, there's no way he spotted me. You're like, there's no, But all of a sudden, man, he tucks in he man he starts making some he don't fly off but he starts getting it the other way so troy turns kind of looks at me and i was like dude i don't know man what and uh we look back up on the top of the mountain man and these two bear now granted i didn't know what it was when i first when i first saw it that it was a turkey and i said oh my god i said i said man those are two big bear man and he's like so we're watching them and they're walking down this mountain you know and they're coming and they're coming the exact way the turkey was coming down and before we knew it, these bear were less than well, right at twenty yards in front of us on the other side of the spring. And Troy is in a ghillie suit, <laughs> like, and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just like, man, this is incredible. Why why can't why don't these bears? I mean, I literally there I put a lock on thirty yards from where we're hunting back during bear season because I'm like, there's sign everywhere back here, right? And um. So they come walking across, and they cross next to Troy at about 10, 15 yards. And Troy is just sitting there, like, with his eyes looking at me, and his, it looked like, man, they were like eight-inch balls, man. They were just huge. And I was like, man, just man, this is awesome. And I'm sitting here. I'm trying to film it. You know, it's like, this is so great. This is awesome. So the larger bear was behind this other bear. And it wasn't like a cub. I mean, this this the other bear, I, I think it would have been a 150, 160-pound bear. So it gets towards where Troy is, and then it just takes a 90 degree and starts walking the complete opposite way. Well, the big bear comes in and starts walking, and it's kind of like, so try to picture where we're sitting right here. It's walking at an angle behind behind my left shoulder. And I'm watching him, and I'm watching him, and he gets up there to the tree that I peed on. 
And I, whether this really happened or if it didn't, I, I swear I heard chomping. Like, have y'all ever heard a pig chomp? Yeah, pop, popping teeth. So I heard, I hear that noise, and I'm sitting there going, I don't, I didn't think that bear did that. I didn't know if it, but I was, I, I'm still to this day I say that that's what it happened because that's that's the noise I heard, and I'm watching this and the demeanor of this bear changed. Like it went to hair up on the back type deal. He wasn't just walking. And he turns at that tree, and he is walking down. Now, at this point, he is 20, 21 yards from me. And I'm like, he's walking towards me. He's walking towards me. And Troy, now, Troy can't see what's going on because Troy has got his back turned. He he, does, he doesn't know. And all of a sudden, I I, I said, Troy, Troy, he's, he's, he's coming. He's coming. And so, like, and when that happens, the video, everything falls off this tripod. Everything goes blank. This bear charges me, and he stops at probably, I'm going to say eight yards, because I could probably jump and kick him from where I'm at. And that son of a gun pounced on that ground like that, man. And I started screaming. Now, this is what's funny, okay? Everybody's sitting here going, this guy, what? All right, so it's, we were talking about horses, you know, when you're training horses, throw up your hand. Everybody says, if a bear ever charges you, you know, holler at it or whatever. And so... I've even said to myself, "There's no way if a bear's charging me, I'm I'm gonna I'm shooting or something." But man, I I was like, "Man, this is I can't believe this is happening." And so when he charged in on me and he stopped at that eight yards, man, I Troy jumped up, I jumped up, and I start screaming, and I'm like, "God, I'm throwing, I'm making as much noise and stuff." And dude, I I'm getting chills now. Um, I got chills right when he said he's charging. When when he charged in and he stopped. He 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 lifted up and and like come back down and hit not like he's like like a grizzly hitting he just he's, he's, he bounced and came down and Troy started hollering well uh, Troy started banging banging the tree with his gun and this bear kind of just turns nonchalantly and just starts walking back and then stops and is sitting there doing this at me kind of head bobbing back and kind of head bobbing back and forth and I'm like okay he. He did a what I well, they say a bluff charge, but I, I in my mind I think a bluff charge is like more than twenty yards. I mean bluff charge, man. He was enough to where he could have swatted me. I mean it just, dude, it was unbelievable, man. And so the bear finally it it turned and just walked off. Well, it got up to that tree and it turned back around again and looked. Ears kind of lay back on him, and man, after that I couldn't stand up, dude. I started shaking. And I was like, oh, my God, that was awesome. And Troy was like, dude, I'm out. We're out of here. We're gone. I'm done. <laughs> and see, everybody, I don't, I never take a pistol with me, ever. Everybody was always like, man, when you're in the mountains, you better have a pistol and everything. And then to this day, I still don't. And I had people ask me, you know, why didn't you try to shoot? And I'm like, man, because the way the laws are and everything. And, I, and that's one thing, like, I really, really, really tried to do everything textbook. And I want my first bear here in Georgia to be not because he mauled me, you know, but like <laughs> I want to be able to say I hit him with a bow, not because he came at me, but um, I won't never forget that. And it's one of those things, man, it's like, man, um, you know, Troy, we, we talk about that all the time. And he's like, and cause I tell him, I was like, man, I'm glad you were with me. He goes, why do you say that? And I was like, well, man, cause nobody believe that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I mean, I've I've had some really crazy things happen in the woods, man. And it's like there's there's certain people you look back that can tell stories and stuff like that. And my dad, you know, talks all the time, like, man, I can't believe that happened, this that type thing. But man, I I won't never forget that. And he was a bruiser bear, like he was a big big bear. Um, still the biggest bear I've seen in Georgia. Unfortunately, it wasn't bear season. But man, that was that's when it got real. 
I mean, and seeing that it was that at that point for something about it though, I was like, man, this is what I love. This is what I love. This is why I love the mountains, man. That ain't gonna happen in Pea Ridge. You know, it ain't gonna happen over. You know, it ain't gonna happen in Columbiana. You know that that's something that you'll never like. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to tell about it, but it's just stuff like that. Just man, I love it, man. It just it was awesome. <laughs> that that's crazy. <laughs> oh man. But Troy, Troy, uh, he literally he he told me he said I'm done. I'm I don't care about Troy. I want to get back to the cabin. And uh, <laughs> so he uh, it, and it 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 has been honestly, man. Some of the uh, some of the things like that that has happened through the years up there. Um. I actually have talked to people that they said they will not, whether they're deer hunting, bear hunting, whatever, they don't they don't go in in the dark. They wait till it can – even know, turkey hunting. I know a few mountain hunters that are like that. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily because of just that, but I know some other mountain hunters like I'm not – there's like I'm not going in during dark and going in during gray light, kind of easing my way in and kind yeah. of hunting their way in through you know throughout the morning. Now, how does that look? No, you know, you talk about the bears, and that's kind of the crazy thing. It's like running those bears like that. We've got to talk and kind of finish out on this uh, this hog story, which is um, a good life lesson for a lot of people. I think uh, listening here. Uh, so one thing about the you know North Georgia is a lot of those places have a lot of pigs. There's a lot of pigs. So I've got a lot of. I when the first year Mandy wanted to go up there to hunt, um, she we had we had some monster boars in front of us at like 40 yards and she said can i shoot i was like no (laughs) you're not shooting at 20 at them (laughs) it's like but yeah there's a lot of pigs up there um so there's a place up there that i call fern gully um and the reason i call that it's just this really it's a huge open meadow man and and it's just uh it's unbelievable man i mean me and chuck and troy found this place together and and we all at the same we we, i said this is like fern gully so we've just called it fern gully right and uh, I have uh, I've taken a, a, a several several birds on, on in this in this particular area. So I was like, man, it was kind of a I think it was middle of the day. I can't remember what time. No, it wasn't middle of the day. It was late afternoon because I remember why I had to jet out of there. Um, but uh, I'm sitting there and I'm glassing, you know, and I and I, I'm tucked in kind of like there's these dirt mounds where the bear have they've there's bear trails all up through there so you got like this open meadow and then there's a lot of flat ground because you're on this particular mountain you're kind of up as far as it's going to go now there's you got places around you that go up but this place kind of teeters out and it's just open and uh so i'm sitting there glassing and all of a sudden when i went when i came in i came in on the high side and i glassed everything trying to make sure if i didn't see anything and, and all of a sudden i see something black and i'm like I didn't see that when it came in, maybe because it was on the low end side that comes in on this old logging road. And so I was like, man, I don't know. It's black. What is this? And I'm glassing it and I'm glassing it and I'm glassing it. And I can't figure it out. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't know. And man, there's, I, I hadn't heard a bird. It was just a, one of them in the afternoon. So I'm like, man, I need to start walking. I've, I've got quite a walk back to the truck. So I get up and I'm like, well, I'm going to go check this thing out, see what this is, you know? So, I, with my binoculars, now I'm like 100 yards and 80 yards, and, I, and I'm getting closer, and I'm like, man. And so now in the binoculars, I can see there's flies all around this thing, and I'm like, I, and honestly, even at that distance, I couldn't tell if it was a bear or if it was a pig, but I was like, it's one of the two. I, I knew it was one of those, and I was like, man, I don't know what this thing was is. Was this before or after your last bear encounter that you just mentioned? Oh, this was this has been like three, four, five years later. I mean, this has okay. been way down the road, right? Okay. But 
obviously not long enough. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I bring it up. I'm like, yeah. well, like curiosity is gonna kill Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> this cat don't get nine lives. I only got one left. But so anybody that's gonna live, that hears this, understand like. I am a very common sense guy. Like, these are things that, anyway, let me get to the thing. So, I start walking up, and I'm like, oh, dadgum, man, that's a pig. You know, that's a, that's a dadgum boar, you know. Now, it wasn't, I'm going to say it may have been a 150-pound boar. It was like, you know, it, it, it was uh, it was one of those boars, man, that I, that I kind of like the ones I like, man. They're kind of skinny, but they got real good cutters, right? Yeah. And it's laying there, and it's got it. So I'm walking up, and its back is towards me. So he's laying there, feet going the other way, and there's flies all over the thing. And I'm like, man, this son of a gun. And I'm and I'm listen now. I'm right here at with binoculars, looking, making sure he ain't breathing or nothing like that. And so I was like, man, I said, well, that's cool. I got a dead pig. So I was like, man, I got to I got to get a picture of this. And I said, well, I better get this rock. So I grab this little rock, man, and I throw it over there at it. And it don't do nothing. It is dead. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm good. So I kind of relax a little bit because you know, you're kind of tense. You're like, if this is if this pig's alive or whatever, what you know, I'm by myself. Well, I go to I go to get my gun and I'm like shifting around and I drop my phone. And when I drop my phone, he might not have liked it. He didn't care about a rock, but an iPhone falls. It pissed him off and he jumps up. And when he jumped, when I say jump, I, I swear to this day, he levitated. Like, I, this pig got up so fast and turned. And I'm sitting here going, man, like, I thought he was dead. Because there's How flies every, um, To the corner. Okay. Corner of the wall. So, like, eight feet. Yeah, eight, eight, ten feet. Corner of the wall. Eight I mean, feet, I, I'm, at the, I'm at the point, like, even at this distance, like, well, my cell phone hit the ground. It jumps up. And when it did, it spun around, and it is just oh. chomp. And I'm like, and so I, all of a sudden, man, I just, here I am. I got my old 870. All right. I've got five shells on me. That's all I got. I got five shells. I shoot. Boom. Hit him. He rolls. And I'm like, oh, man, that was close. He gets back up. I shoot again, and he rolls. Now, the TSS, I know it's bad stuff, but apparently this pig is better. So <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, man. So the third time I shoot this thing, it falls down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm like, well, I got to go back and get my phone. Because I, I dropped my phone. I got to go get my phone. And you're, back, my heart, you're, you're backpedaling all that stuff. I'm backpedaling, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm backpedaling. I'm, it's, like, it's like a scene off of a movie with somebody with a pump shotgun and just boom, you know. And man, it's like I'm like I cannot believe that just happened. How? And, and now here's the thing: before I go on the other side of things, I always tell I, it's, these are things that you tell your kids: like you don't go up to a dead animal and poke the bear. You know, you don't poke the pig. You, you know. But, and I'm sitting here going, I know that. And it's not like I went up to it and tried to kick it. It was just like I had ch- I'd done everything I knew to do. I mean, I chunked a rock at it and it didn't move. And uh, so anyway, so it gets up. We start. It's chomping. So I've got three shots in him. Well, he starts coming back, and I'm and now, now there's enough time in between us to where I'm like I'm I'm waiting for him to I'm wait I I'm not going to shoot at far distance, but he's coming at me, and I'm like oh my gosh. So I shoot again. Well, when I shot him on the fourth shot, he fell down and starts just making all god awful racket. Well, I look across and coming off the other mountain. I don't know how many because I didn't keep up, but I know it was more than 15. And there was a boar coming down that mountain that was, 
I mean, huge, big freaking boar, man. And they come down, and I'm like, man, I've only got one shell left, and there's all these pigs, and I've done pissed their compadre off. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not panicking, but now I'm like, boy, you're you're in a pickle. Like, like it kind of got real. It's like, man, this I might not see my boys. Like, that that thought came to mind because it was like the way this howl happened, man. And so I'm, I'm like, kind of run. I start running. Like, I run, I run the other way. Grab your phone. Well, I did grab my phone. Yeah. Yes, I grabbed my phone. I'm taking off or whatever. And all of a sudden, those pigs started attacking that pig that was on the ground. When you're up there and all of those pigs and everything, and I'm telling you, that was, the most, the, that was the most eerie sound that I could hear in my life, man. And so I had one shell, and I get back to the truck, and I'm just like, man, I can't believe that that happened. Like, so it's not like I went up to some dead animal and started poking it, and then, it, but dude, I I was like, man, I never, I don't care if I don't care if I see a squirrel out there on its side, I ain't messing with it, man. Not after that, <laughs> I am, that that shook me up, man. So, but yeah, that was that was that was quite a. Quite a thing, of course. Everybody's like, "Well, he should have had a pistol on you." I'm like, "I know, but that, that's just more weight, man. When you're walking those mountains, it's as light as you can get, you know." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that. Yeah, come go with me. It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we're getting charged by bears, <laughs> pigs. Yeah. It, but yeah, it's uh. But there again, like I said, man, it, it's things like that, and everybody said, "Man, that's just that's." There's no way I'd go back. Man, there's just so many things that I've experienced up there, and it's just like, I mean. Those two things were, yeah, they'll shake you up a little bit, but it's like, man, I experienced it. I saw it. You know, it happened. Um, so it's, uh, if I ever, if, if something ever does get a hold of me up there and they find me, that's, it's, y'all all know where Fern Gully is. And <laughs> I finally found a spot. <laughs> oh, my God. I told my boys that I, uh, even my, my boys, because it's so far back, back to get there and everything, but I told them, I said, uh, I said, I think, you know, I said, I'm going to have to show you all where that's at one day. I said, that might be where I want my ashes at or something like that. You know, it started laughing. And my and Baldwin said, I really don't think I want to walk that far. And I was like, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, the, well, the chart of that helicopter in there and, yeah, yeah. drop you out of it. No, yeah, it's crazy. But, I mean, again, kind of gets back to the whole mountain hunting and just, like, the experiences that can be had and that kind of stuff. And it's just, you talk about some super wild places. Yeah. Um, even in the, in the you know, the, the southeast, it's just crazy. And, of course, this year you'll be hunting, is what, Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, along Tennessee. with Alabama yeah. and Mississippi. Yeah. So, yeah. Getting after busy. it. Yeah, North Carolina's going to be new to me this year. But from when I went up in February, it should be promising. I, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the Tennessee place, so that's a whole, you know, I mm-hmm. talked to the stories about that, man. That was, that's on me, man. Um, gosh, man, I just, that was, that was goof, you know, that was a miss. And, uh, well, the other one I, I would have to say is about knowing where you're at, but, um, had some mountain bikers that, and I, I didn't even know there was a mountain bike trail there, but apparently there was, but, uh, the only two bikers and me on that mountain that day, but, um, Anyway, the birds were there, and uh, so I, I look forward to it, but we'll see. Absolutely. Awesome. Andrew, what you got? That's all I got, man. Well, I, I got a lot more, but I'm not going to make this a three-hour podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> where, where are we sitting at right now? 
Hour 31. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Awesome. We used to do like three and a half hour podcasts yeah. all the time. They're fun. I like it. But then we're like, you know what? We could just get two episodes out of this. <laughs> Instead of this Instead of all this work for yeah. one episode. But uh, Robbie, I got to say, I appreciate you coming by, man, and, yeah, man, and sharing some stories. And hopefully guys can kind of go out there and, you know, like you said, you know, maybe, you know, not everybody needs to be out there gobbling, you know, save some turkeys for the rest of us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be interesting to kind of see if we're getting listener success stories from people that learn how to gobble. I want to learn how to on the box or on the uh, mouth call, um, and you watch more videos. I know Shane Simpson's got a video on his YouTube channel how to do it, but uh, try you know work on the box call and implement that a little bit this you know this season. And it's one of those things like you know, do it safely. You know, I wouldn't do it on public land if I had a decoy, especially like a Jake Oof. decoy or like any kind of any kind of male turkey decoy. Definitely wouldn't do it. Um, but just being very aware of your surroundings and, you know, are you in a remote area or are you in an area where there's probably other hunters that can hear you use some common sense while using it. But yeah. again, it seems like it can be extremely effective, uh, like how you've used it. So. Definitely. Definitely. I, people, a lot of times with calls too, man, a lot of guys, like when they come to the store, we talk and, uh, they're like new to turkey hunting. They're like, I need this. And, you know, I tell them, man, the only way that you're going to learn is to get out there, but don't feel like you got to be perfect, man. And you hear that. You've, y'all have had guys on here that I've listened, you know, that said the same thing, but it's so true, man. And it's like, man, knowing the terrain, knowing your woods, knowing, you know, knowing that area. And just like, like I said, like when I just try to put yourself as a, try to make yourself think like, what would he do? You know what I'm saying? Why, what would that turkey try to do? If I, if I was a turkey and I was going to come in to check it out, what would I do? So maybe it takes off ticking them off a little bit or something, but, but they don't like on the gobble thing, you don't have to have a perfect gobble being on stage, but if it works, it works. And mine has, it has worked. Awesome. Perfect. Well, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. And uh, again, Rob, appreciate you coming by and, and spend some time with us. It's been it's been an awesome Thanks conversation. For me, man. Enjoyed it, man. A- absolutely. I have some more stories for you, man. Oh, there's a ton. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 already, I already know a few more that yeah. I want you to talk about. But again, we can't be here for three hours tonight. But um, listeners, again, if you've enjoyed this episode, you know, let us know. You go leave us a a five star written review or just a review period on Apple Podcasts. Let us know your thoughts on this podcast episode. And hey, if you go out there and use you know anything Robbie's talked about and have success using it this uh, this spring, make sure you go to the southernoutdoorsman.com, fill out a listener success form or form. And uh, and because we'd love to read about your story and see how everything's kind of played out for you and, and how you know some of this could work for you and had success. So uh, appreciate all that guys and hey we'll catch y'all back here for the next episode of the Southern Outdoorsman podcast coming out here in just a few days. And y'all have a great weekend and hopefully I'll go out there and kill some turkeys. Just post it on tag us in your social media post. So thanks again everybody. We'll catch you back on another episode from the Southern Outdoors. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear 
How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.